live we're on back. the pod. We're, we're back after a long, a long hi- another hiatus. We're we're another hiatus. We're the pod of hiatuses. Hiatai? Yes. Mm-hmm. Is it hiatai? hiatai. Or hi- At hiatai. this point, it is hiatai. Yes. Um, we should Good. say before we get going, we had a great shout out from Cincinnati Public Radio. WVXU. Yeah, Trip Eldridge. Trip Eldridge. Shout out back to him. Shout out back yeah. to Take him. Take that shout out and pass it back. We're Thanks going back yep. to you, that Trip. Trip. Thank you. Yeah. So if you're in the Come. Cincinnati area or the greater Ohio area, even, you're kind of obligated to listen to Wild Conjecture. Yeah. 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 But don't come it's visit demanded. me right now. Yeah. Don't come visit. Don't us. come on the pod just yet. Yeah. In fact, the pod is actually a great source of, you know, <laughs> for people who may be self quarantining. Yeah. Uh, and this is a great form times. of entertainment. Good way to spend an hour. We have a, we have a prestigious, prestigious guest with us today. Yes. Yeah, we got My another guest. Andrew. What's up? Thank you for live, having me. Live Woo! from New York City. Live from New York City. Live from New York. Live from New York. This is our third, our fourth, fourth guest. guest. Fourth guest. Wow. Yeah. We're on a roll here. So fourth not guest. So, yeah, right. And yeah. the second guest named Andrew. So we're on a hot streak here. Yeah, we're going to have to clarify which Andrew. I this think was the last person you had on named Andrew too. That's, yeah, that's right. right. Yeah. 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 So it's two Andrews in a row. It's two Andrews. Yeah. Not if we can find a third, if anyone named Andrew would like to appear at us, and yeah. we'll get you a three in a row. Yeah. Nice. We've exhausted our personal source of Andrews at this point. But. <laughs> I know an Andrew. My middle oh. name is Andrew. Oh, oh three okay. Andrews. Well, then maybe Here we, we can go. have Tom's middle name on the For pod. one episode, I could just <laughs> go could by my You could appear as T. Andrew. You could appear as T. Andrew. Yeah. Tandrew. Right. <laughs> That's um, a name of the future. Is it? Nice. That's Hopefully. That's going to be... Yeah, maybe. This is my son, Tandrew. <laughs> yeah, we just like mix up. Like it's like it's the like Alex, but it'll be like this is my son, Palex. Yeah, that actually, I've met a family who's done that, and they like oh, take really? like, normal names, just and then they just like change the a letter. letter. Oh, mm. oh, wow! Like one before, like Kale was a thing. I think that they named one of their kids Kale, which is kind of unfortunate now. And then I think Cena instead of something else, Tina. Oh, interesting. Like. Nice. Uh, What's God, that I really wrestler's like name? Try to figure out what like John Cena. John um, Cena, you can't see me. Yeah, Cena and Kale. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Those are good names. Kale, but what Kale. is Kale? So I like Kale, Kale instead of what? I don't Kyle. know. I used to know oh, like how names were supposed okay, to be, obviously. but anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other good ideas. That's Add us really some ideas, folks. Or it could be Kale instead of Caleb, and you drop the B. Yeah, yeah there's a bunch of stuff you could do with that. If you know other names that. I, I think Tinnifer comes to mind. I don't Tinnifer, know where I've heard yeah. that. That's from like a show or something. But anyway. Tabeca. We're here to talk about Not the media names. and journalism yeah. with Andrew. That's right. Um, Andrew, do you want to give the folks like just a little rundown of what you do and like yeah. your involvement with What it is you do. Yeah. So right now I'm a video producer. Um, I work uh, at like a kind of startup media company, but I've worked at network news companies as well. I've done like overnight news where you cut like news packages. And that's basically when you hear someone come on the screen and be like this morning in California, wildfires ravaging, like, you know, whatever city, like that's the kind of stuff that I wrote there. And then I went and did like more long form YouTube explainer stuff uh, at a network. And then now again, I'm at like a kind of like new media uh, type place doing the same thing. So that's basically kind of what I've been up to. It's been cool to kind of see different parts of the business. And then um, I actually started though, like the whole way I got into it was I started a YouTube series in California um, and oh. worked a little bit as a freelance journalist there. So that was kind of like awesome. 
the first steps into it. And then I went kind of like old school news and now I'm back into like the YouTube digital space. Oh, so that's like a, different, a lot of different forms of, of experiences. Yeah. I, one of the reasons I was really excited to bring you on is because like in particular kind of starting back with the millennial project, which was the, the YouTube project you mentioned that you started with because we're kind of like a little upstarts kind of self, not nearly as sophisticated as that, but I'd love to hear like, Give us a sense of like what motivated you to get into that. Some of the things you learned from that, like trying to bootstrap your way through that. Some of that, like just, I don't know, something around that experience I feel like is relevant for, for us as like little self, self media. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I think, I mean, Eddie, we've talked about this. I mean, and I think it's probably something that, you know, I, I, that anyone who's in, you know, try to do anything creative or kind of interesting or different or new or try to start something by themselves. It's like, it's hard. And I think like when you hear about people doing it, it sounds easy and fun. And then when you're in it and you're trying to make it work, you know, it's, it's like, it's really rewarding and really exciting, but also like, it's not necessarily easy, you know? And like mm-hmm. people like viewers don't just come out of nowhere and like listeners don't yeah. just come out of nowhere. Right, and like right. yeah. you do have to bootstrap yeah, it. And you're like, Oh, you know, if I need a lens, like that's way more money than I can afford to pay. Or like, I don't know how to edit this. And then you're like, well, I guess I'll watch some like YouTube tutorials and like, you know, so you don't have like an editor, you don't have, and that yeah. stuff is like, you know, right. that's really tough. And then also having the whole weight of like, you know, if you're doing like a news thing, like the editorial on your shoulders, there's no like, right, yeah. you know, there's no lawyer that can help you. There's no like, you know, senior editor who's been doing it for 30 years who can be like, well, like if when you talk about this, you have to obviously mention this, you know? And so not having uh, that support is really tough, but then also right. having the freedom to like really go out and try to do something the way you want to do it and do something different you know, is really cool. Like I could never, I did this for the YouTube thing. Like I dove into one story for like multiple months and did like 13 videos on it. 12 of which were like 20 plus minute interviews with like random people. There aren't random people, but like stakeholders surrounding this issue in Los (laughs) Angeles. What was the the issue? Yeah. yeah, Why don't you tell um, us like, first just tell us a little bit like what was the millennial project just so people know who who haven't heard of it. Like, you know, so basically I've been videos and stuff like that. Yeah, I had been working on the Hill right after college, and I felt like there just wasn't, like, I don't know, I wasn't loving the way I was seeing the news covered, I wasn't loving the way it felt like progress was being made on the Hill, and so I kind of left my job, and I, I decided to, like, just try to start, essentially, like, this YouTube series. When you say Hill, you mean Capitol Hill? Yeah, yeah, Capitol Hill in Washington. I was in a congressional office, and so then... Tom, um, you ever heard of it? It's where the president lives. <laughs> well, he could have been talking about just a big, a big hill. You know. It's true. I mean, a lot of yeah, cities. Mostly, like, when people use that word, they just mean any random hill. I'm actually talking about the Capitol Hill in Utah, in, yeah. in uh, Salt Lake City. <laughs> um, no, so like you know, Tom's I never been outside in. of Ohio, so he has no yeah, idea. That's no of. idea. Describe this hill for us a little bit. <laughs> Is there grass on it? Yeah, I like grass like on hills. No, or... <laughs> Is it Ooh, barren and rocky? Yeah. Um, okay. Um, sorry. Oh yeah. Where was? Oh yeah. So. So, like, yeah, my whole thing was I wanted to do, like, more in-depth stuff. I wanted to, like, try to really understand what it meant to cover something from the ground up. So I kind of zeroed in on this issue in Los Angeles about wealthy residents who live below the Hollywood sign, you know, not wanting people to come into their neighborhood and kind of using their influence to the city to get access to the sign, which is in a public park, kind of cordoned off and, and shut off. And um, this is, like, a few years ago now. It's, like, a kind of ongoing inflamed issue in Los Angeles. Um, they've made a lot of progress towards solving it now, but at the time there wasn't a lot of like source material about what was actually happening on this issue. So like I did one video where I just showed how hard it was to the sign and, you know, just like basically a camera followed me as I tried to figure out how to get up there. And then nice. 12 videos after that, 
That's with cool. different stakeholders, so like business owners, homeowners, different factions of homeowners, people who are pro-access, people who are anti-access, people who are like, you know, we can't do this because it's like having all these people come in, these tourists come in is going to hurt the environment. And we just like really try to get the whole gamut, gambit. And then I, you know, that kind of launched me into like the journalism world for real. And so I freelanced for a bit and then I slowly was able to like get a job at a documentary and then a job at overnight news and then the YouTube thing. And so that kind of like, excuse me, the network news YouTube thing. And so that all kind of is how the journey, the journey went. That's and cool. why, like, That's really why awesome. was it? I like that story. Yeah. I want to check those YouTube videos. Yeah, <laughs> Tell, yeah we'll we'll yeah. throw it on the Twitter after this. But why, sure. like, we've talked a lot about generational stuff. So the name, can you just tell us, like, where you came up with the Millennial Project name? Why that was important? Yeah. So back when millennials were like the cool new generation, and no one even thought about Shout Gen out Z. Millennials. Um, <laughs> was that the original pre- cool generation? Was that um, pre-trashing I, millennials, or was that? I think it was kind of part of that. Like, it was. I felt like there was like the millennials had like a voice that was maybe separate from a lot of the news that was being made um and i feel like i feel like actually millennials are more present in editorial now oh sorry oh sorry i was saying it like they were talking about us but not no there was no millennial voices and so i felt like there was just like i wanted to try to uh, go at something with like a little bit of a younger angle and so i ended up calling it the millennial project and then you know that was kind of like the title that was supposed to guide this like younger you know, not just perspective, but also like whole ground up different way of trying to do news. And then the cool thing is I started off way off on my own and then was able to kind of unite that desire with working at a you know larger organization in the long run, which is cool. I really like it because it that whole project sounds like it's true to journalism in like the definition, you, you know, or, or how you think of like, you know, when I, when I think of true journalism, it's it's like, you know, um, a guy in a room connecting dots with all these like papers, you know, putting them on like a thing and, and they've, you know, and, and it's Preach. like a lot of interviews. Um, and he's, he's like a detective, like trying to figure out this story, trying to get all the angles. And like, there's all this like really hard work from that happens from the ground up that creates, you know, hopefully this and tells this like really interesting story that this person, because they see something there like is compelled to share it you know and that's like that to me you know is i get excited i get excited when i hear about like something like that because it's so i feel like that's rare these days so rare well i wonder if you don't in in certain news stories or i mean reputable news sources and stuff you probably don't see in the finished product, all the work that goes on in the background. Yeah. You don't see their their board with all the dots connected and whatnot. What's your take that, on that, That is that, definitely Andrew? true. Like, well, A, I think, like, having the – you know, it is rare in the industry to have a chance to really dive into something and to really be able to, like, go somewhere and yeah, right. to, like, do it. You know, to, like, yeah. talk to the people is, like, they say, like, the shoe leather journalism thing. Exactly. Just because of the time well, wait, crunch. What does that mean? So like shoe leather journalism is like roughly, you know, I'm sure someone will will shoot me for not like you know, a quick polish, right, but like it's kind of this idea like you're walking around, like right, like you know, oh, shoe leather part, gotcha, like you're walking gotcha, around, gotcha. you're talking to people, Got you're it. like knocking on Immersing doors. Immersing yourself, okay. Yeah, and so that's like that's like the nuts and bolts, but like it's expensive, it's really hard, and yeah. people don't want to talk to you. And the most the most tough thing about it is it takes a really long time. You know, you can sure. walk around a neighborhood for two, three, four days and not even figure out how to talk to the most important people until the fifth or sixth day, right? So like, sure, you know, yeah, in, a, right. in a cycle that's so quick and with the the pressure to get things out, having the ability to take that time is is unique. And so 
you know, but there are places that do it. I feel like I'm at yeah. somewhere now that does it. I feel like, cool. you know, the YouTube medium really helps, it, like, kind of because people, YouTube, in a way, incentivizes longer, more in depth content. They want people to be retained for a longer period of time. So you put up a 20 minute video right. and people watch it, that's rewarded on the yeah. YouTube algorithm, from what right. I understand. Um, okay, and so, so that's kind of a cool little, like, helpful, you know, medium change. And you talk about, like, old timey news, you only really have you know, a minute or two minutes to tell a story on YouTube. You might have 20 minutes, you know, if you can put the resources into making 20 good minutes or 15 or 10, but even then you're able to go so much deeper. Right. And so that's one side of it. Sorry. The last thing I'll say is uh, that on the not seeing all the work that goes into it. I do think that that's also something like if you look at like a wall street journal or New York times or Washington post article, you know, I'm sure that there are lines that you or me would read right through that probably took, you know, days of, right. of yeah. conversations yeah. Right. To, to hash out, right? And it's just like, you know, One there line. are 38 people who went to this event, you know, like, well, mm-hmm. maybe they didn't know if it was 38 or 15 or 27 and they had to call around and then like, what well, should we estimate? Sure, and sure, like, sure. you know, see some of that really basic stuff does require a ton of work. And then sometimes I think like people think that no, nothing went into writing something because they don't see right. all that work. Right. So, you know, That's, it's I- it's a very interesting industry. That reminds me of uh, like I, I listen on my commute every day. I listen to New York Times the Daily. It's mm. a great podcast. Yeah. Definitely recommend it. Add they, us. Add us the the Daily. <laughs> Maybe um, Michael Barbaro can come on that show one time. Oh, that guy. Yeah, that would be great. Uh, but it's actually one of the best podcasts. I, th- I mean, like that's my daily one of my daily news sources, and it's oh, really, sure. really yeah. good. I, I did want to ask you, where do you get your news from? Well, so let's, I do a let's ton hear of Tom Singh first. Let's do Tom. Yeah, yeah. Well, Tom. I just wanted oh, to yeah, say, sorry. like, it really, it really shows, like, you'll talk because he basically has interviews with the New York Times reporters, and you get a a better sense of what goes into the stories that end up in the New York Times, like in the paper and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I like, totally agree. Like, I know sometimes as it. part of their like advertising, or you know, they have those little promos to ask you to support the Times. They kind of talk about how much goes into getting a story, right. and. I, think I should that's listen like to this pod it, more. I it, it was recommended to me a while ago, and I, I just haven't. It's really, been it's really good. They're usually it, like thirty minutes or less, and and then kind of always like a top story. But, but yeah. I think to that point of um, the 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 absence of like long form journalism, both like in te- both in like written journalism, like you know, you think about a magazine like the Atlantic or something like that, where they tend to be longer stories. Versus, I was about um, to say, I really. The when you were talking about that, Andrew, I was thinking like the Atlantic is always has always been like a always publication that I like. I always love reading their articles because it feels to me like the work has been put into those articles. When I'm reading, I'm like, man, they really like dove deep into this one. So anyway, sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to cut. Yeah, you off. I mean, like I love and I love that. Like I think that's great. Like in in the respect, like. I love when you can tell that someone did the work and you're like, oh my God, like they clearly flushed out like every side of this and like they talked to the right people and like, that's great. And I love when that can kind of come through. I think the daily does that too, where you can really tell like, you know, like they, they crafted, this is a like an audio documentary. It's not just like, you know, a one-off, like someone wrote a script and they went in there and read it. I mean, I'm sure that they write some of it, but you know, it's just like, it feels like you're there, you know? Yeah, Yeah. totally. I love the word like crafting because that feels so right. Like, 
so few things like this podcast included is not crafted by any means. And yeah. I, that's, but that's fine. Cause we're just having fun. But like, right. it's amazing when you see something that is like truly crafted. Right. And like the, the care and the expertise. And when you feel some of that coming through, I think that's so satisfying as like a consumer of information because well, it, it feels it, like there's so much that's not. Crafted. Especially now that we like we're, we've been doing this podcast. I feel like it, it takes a certain amount of effort for us to just to put this out and this isn't fine crafted. Like imagine how, like if we yeah, really yeah. wanted to like, uh, you know, produce something that was like on the level of the daily. It's like, I can't even imagine no. that's a full-time yeah. job. It, and if I you was, hear sure. the names that they list off at the end, you can right. yeah. tell how oh, much work yeah, it takes. Right. I mean, it's like I at first skip, it was like three people and now it's stuff. like, I want to say like 15 names or something like that. Yeah, you know, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny when you mentioned like uh, you, you know when you're doing when you when you started the Millennial Project, you have you, you're like I don't have an editor to like fact check or like a lawyer and stuff. And I was just thinking like how funny it is for the wild conjecture. We just let it loose and we don't have to worry well, about you, that. I mean, so. you guys are also like low, like you have to do a lot for someone to come after you, right? Like if you said yeah, that's like, true, right? You know, Donald Trump has covid 19 like right coronavirus right like probably does no one would be like okay i really think donald trump has the coronavirus because like you're not stating that you're a news organization but right. yeah i right. like if you you know and this is if even true do, for like yeah. independent journalists if you claim you're a journalist and if you claim that you're telling the truth and then you say something that's false even if it's yeah. you know that's a it's just bad for your reputation and then b if it's if it's like willfully negligent in like not fact checking, you can be liable for the implications of that. You know, right. interesting. But, I mean, Actually, that, ra- on that rarely happens. Liable is very not liable, but liable is very yeah. hard yeah. to. You know, I, yeah. I I have a question related to that. Like, can you? I, I don't know. Like, can you help us understand? Like the difference between I'm a reporter, I'm a journalist. Like there's different kind of like titles floating correspondent. Out there that have, yeah. That have yeah. different Editor. levels of responsibility. I assume like, you know, journalist yeah, so like, feels like the most extreme. Like you, like you said, you're putting yourself out there as an expert, whatever versus an expert, an expert. So, like you're good. <laughs> you know a lot about axes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so like I'll start with the, the journalist thing. Like, you know, a journalist can be a very overarching term. So like technically oh. on paper, I'm a video producer, but I'm also right. a journalist. Even oh, though yeah. I really am more of like my expertise is really more in like, you know, writing a story and then bringing that to life on video. Right. Okay. Like I'm not I'm not an extraordinary print reporter, which is like what I would really think of when I think of a journalist is like, yeah, I'm like a guy walking around or in a room yeah. connecting the dots or, right, you know, right, or a girl, okay. of course, or like whatever. But like, you know. That's so that would be like my thought of like a print journalist, a video, but okay. like you still have to be a journalist if you're a video producer and you work for a news organization. And sometimes there's different designations within like official designations. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I worked at one organization where I couldn't hold any stocks because I was a journalist at a financial news organization. And that means you oh. like in that organization, you're not allowed to hold any stocks. Or if you do, you have to like find a way to speak with management and make sure that like it's clear any what stocks, you, period. What you have. Uh, yeah, you can own funds, like funds that own stocks, but you can't own like because what they don't want you to do is they don't want you to be in a situation where you're asked to like do a hard hitting story, right? On a stock you own. on a stock that you own and what right, have. Right. Yeah, so that's like or wow. it's not even that you necessarily couldn't do the story, but they need to know, right? So that like it's just a proper. I mean, right. probably like I mean, so it just depends on on like the guidelines at that place and what you know. What the stock is, and do you know you even have it? And all this other stuff. Sure, but like, sure, sure. I'm going to start a company that makes blind stock choices for people 
for we'll journalists. Call it blind stock. Call it blind. Well, there's blind. Aren't there like blind trust to take to trade back to our last pod? Like, oh yeah, so like that's an option. People can do yeah. that. But yeah, so just so there's a journalist thing. Yeah. I'll say real quick. Nice. There's like producers. Nice. A correspondent would be someone who's like actually talking to the camera. They usually have a producer oh. attached to them who okay. will do most of the actual editorial work. So if you see someone talking in front of the camera, often they're reading something that they didn't write. So even so if they're, they're like, not I'm journalists, here, probably. Well, so like they, but sometimes they write it. So it's there's a little bit of a porous like. Okay. porous barrier between correspondent and, and video producer or, mm-hmm. or just producer if you're talking about like network news and so like a producer might write it a correspondent might write it you know or the correspondent might be like I've already written four stories today I'm like spent can you just write it you know okay. and so that's yeah. uh, that's kind of one thing what I think is shock- it might be not shocking but interesting to a lot of people is in especially in network news even if someone's out at the scene a lot of times a lot of the actual researchers work excuse me the research work will be done in New York at the news oh, headquarters or the information will come through there. So even if someone's mm-hmm. out, you know, at the fires, well, like they, they just wanted get some there. information. Yeah. So like the, they, you have to get some information that you don't have on the ground in New or excuse me, like at the headquarters in New York, but the headquarters in New York is like really where the info is coming from. Mm, so that is interesting. Yeah. That is really interesting. I had yeah, a question um, just about kind of where the media has been going for the past maybe like five years or something like it seems like maybe even 10 years they're they're as like big data comes in mm. like and i'm gonna be i'm trying to be careful about silicon valley <laughs> no is, is this a like, rant about how silicon it's, valley is no no no, it's not, no we're it good, felt we're like good. it um <laughs> Like it seemed like there there was like this push for you know clickbaity headlines and stuff like that that kind of just swept through all the media outlets where like so people are socially online like you know Facebook Twitter um, Instagram where like it was just about getting those clicks because that's what was making money or something Um, and now it's and now it seems like so like kind of data I wonder how my I had a question like is a lot of media data driven for how they deliver it? Yeah. And then I mean, oh sorry. So I'll let you I'll yeah, I'll let you take that. So it's like there's different teams, especially these larger companies. So there's like an editorial team like that would I that's what I would usually be on that like goes out and wants to do a story. So like I might I might see something on the street and be like, "Oh, like there's a hot dog cart." And I wonder you know, how does that hot dog cart work? And like, how do they get a permit? And I want to do a story about that. I don't know if that's yeah. the best story to pitch, but let's just pretend I'm super jazzed about that. And yeah. so like, <laughs> then you, you bring that in, you're like, yo, like, have you ever wanted to know like how a hot dog cart works? Like, wow, that's so crazy. And then your boss might be like, that is crazy. Like, okay, I think that could maybe work. And so a lot of it's intuition, but then what they'll do is to try to figure out if it might actually play is they'll like walk down the hall to the like analytics or like social, social team. And they'll ask, you know, like, does this is this gonna you know, strike? Are people with searching it? for this? Yeah, like is this gonna work? You know, and then sometimes they'll be like, we don't know. Sometimes they'll be like, yes. Sometimes they'll be like, no. Right. Sometimes they're right. Sometimes they're wrong. So it's a lot of like kind of it's a lot of like just trying to kind of feel your way through it. There's no like easy way to to know how to use the data. Oh, well, and then, does it come well, in the reverse though? Like, does that social media team like go to the producers and say like? This is this topic's really hot right now. We got to do something on it. Like just find something on like, you know, people are clicking on this like crazy. What can we what story can we push out there? For sure. They definitely do. Um, 
Although I think it's like less frequent than you would expect. Like okay. I think it's only happened to me like twice. You know, and so it's like it's, something it's, super hot, and they come to you and say, "We got to get something going. We got to jump in on this yeah. action." I think where the data really helps is trying to understand how to package the story, right? And so there's like there's this idea of like okay. selecting the story, and then there's an idea of like packaging the story. So like, what should a thumbnail look like? You know, like mm-hmm. for example, they know that certain types of thumbnails are like more likely to grab your attention just from experience. And then also there's like guidelines around the internet. I think one of them is like make sure it has perspective. So like, uh, you know, it should have for YouTube at least you like you can so you can kind of almost see into it or like grab your attention a little bit more. But there's all oh, sorts of other things. Like should it have text? Should it not have text? Should there be you know, should there be other elements like highlights or arrows or should there not be? Is that too busy? Like, and there's wow. a whole ongoing discussion about like, you know, Design. what does and doesn't grab, you know, the attention of someone long enough to actually give your story a chance. Right. Cause like, that's right. the, that's the second you have. And like, you can do this amazing piece of work, but if the headline is just like, you know, how a hot dog cart works, like that's probably not a great headline. Maybe it is. <laughs> I feel, I don't like, know, I feel like, like the headline would be like, is your local hot dogs yeah. killing you question mark <laughs> right. and then it would yeah, be like right. that's yeah. and then you click into it it would be like nothing about that but yeah i feel well, I, yeah. i'm like jaded but if you go to like you know these like mainstream news things it's like everything is like that frame that, you know oh, and then totally. sometimes you click it on it like, and it's like doesn't even come close i mean there's exactly. the obvious bullshit well, ones like on the side where it's like doctors hate this new supplement that makes you like that not that but even oh like the God. real news story where well, it's like the headline it's like they found like, like one they found like one hot dog that probably wasn't fully up to health code in yeah, 2014 right that sort of leads into part two of my question unless you well, let me let me, part, yeah, let me throw yeah. something in let okay. me throw something in on that i think I mean, I think there are those like websites that are trying to get clicks, trying to have these, you know, is blah, 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 going to kill you, blah, blah, blah. And, Mm -hmm. but there, you know, media is not a monolith. Like there, there are some websites that are a little bit more tasteful or, you know, news media a little more tasteful than a lot of these, but there have been probably a rise of these, you know, clickbaity type things. Yeah. And there's like trying to sell it, but it just depends, you know? There's like a a kind of refrain I've heard a lot, which is like it's not clickbait if it pays off. So like even if it's a sensational headline, which mm-hmm. you obviously don't really want to do either, but sometimes it's warranted if it's really a sensational story. Like you just got to make sure that if you say, you know, why is your hot your dog, hot dog cart you. is killing you, like yeah. you have to be like it has to actually possibly be killing you. Like you have yeah, to be like, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yesterday they found out that someone was washing it with like arsenic or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But right. you know that like. But often I agree, it doesn't pay off. And I think especially as the industry is, has changed, I think a lot of organizations have been put in a situation where they feel like they have to amp up the intensity to keep the eyes, the eyeballs on the screen, right? And so I, sure. that's what, it's yeah. just an opinion. I don't, I don't know that, but I just, I feel like that might be part, part of the kind of extremity that you see when you watch, like an, again, like a very traditional, you know, especially like more local. I feel like sometimes, you know, these local stations are, well, some of them are doing really well, but it's it's tough. It's just tough to understand what's going on. But it's yeah, so, I think Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say, like, it's so like the the public is so so latchy. Like when like for this like hot dog thing, like I'm just hearing like a some grandma, you know, being like, Did you hear they're washing all the hot dog stands with arsenic now? Like taking this like one story and blowing it out of and like For sure. All of a sudden it's now a- all hot dogs are banned and like the hot dog stocks go down and it's like you know I mean the the, the news like is telephone. so tied to our everyday life. I mean it's really well, important and like our I- interpretation of it and how we responsibly take in 
news from different outlets is very we have a social responsibility to like be like just to be smart about how we're reading yeah and i think i actually interest and i don't know i i feel like there's the there's, I mean, for me, in my mind, there's like two components of this. There's like the fake news piece, which we can get to later. But yeah, even in the non-fake news space, it's like we've heard this phrase. It's kind of become a cliche now, but like the 24-hour news cycle and stuff like that. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you put any credence in that. Is that just overblown? Or is there something about the nature of the way that news is delivered now that has exacerbated the you know, situation desire or need to have things be just insane in your face, whatever. Like talk about that. Yeah. I mean, I think like it's, it's really hard because I think that there is, and I, especially I think a lot of us came of age in this, like when people were kind of like still grappling with like the evils of like cable news. Right. And they were like, it's all about these like horrible pundits and they get up and they say things and don't, you know, it's no substance. Yeah. And like, I yeah. feel like that was what everyone like hated about the news. And then the internet sure. came and then people were like, Oh my God, like this is a whole nother level of like effed up. Right. And so oh, there's like those negatives and there's the yeah. fake news stuff and the stuff that like spreads on Facebook or through WhatsApp that's like just false or like even really horrible examples of like – I think the worst one is I, I believe that there was some sort of like a genocide was partially perpetrated through like Facebook Facebook communications. Oh and so oh. I think that they shut that down. I have to like double check all that. Yeah. But it's – you know it yeah. was like not I, not a good situation. Obviously bad, yeah. Um, and this is wow. not obviously in the US but like you know somewhere, somewhere else in the world. For so, sure, for sure. Um, but like – so there's that stuff, which obviously is very bad. Um, and then, or, you know, and then there's, but there's, again, like, there's other stuff like this whole idea that on YouTube, you can, there's a space for these like really great deep yeah. dives. If you can yeah. do them, if you can put that them together, really you know, you know, the fact you can whole, learn like, like anything on YouTube today. Yeah. Much. I mean, so YouTube is the second largest search engine in the world, just bar none. So really? even wow. like behind Google, it's Google and then YouTube, which Google is. That's a great great fact for the pod. So that that kind of like, you know, brings me back to part two of that was like, why isn't anybody watching our YouTube channel? (laughs) (laughs) I know a little bit more active on our YouTube channel, but um, if we know it's the second biggest, let's get after it. Yeah, let's get after it for sure. Um, (laughs) So like be okay. So, um, the clickbaity like headlines and everything, it seems like people like as Eddie mentioned are like jaded by that, like or became j- like it. It was working for a while, and then people were like seeing through the like garbage and are and and just like sort of generally like losing trust, or m- maybe not, maybe there's still like a big population that still clicks and is like, oh my god, I can't believe these Can hot you dogs, believe t- <laughs> but. It seems like there's like been definitely in the past couple of years, like this movement more towards longer form and like people really like hearing, you know, a long form podcast from a reputable source of someone just like, you know, casually talking about their area of expertise and, you know, at length so that they can take in all of this information you know, for what it's worth. And they know that it's like, it's not, you know, it's not, they're not being targeted with these like clickbaity things. And then like yeah. the information is like being filtered through like all these different like sources 
I don't know. Like they're self curated yeah. and they're not being sold something. Well, right. and I, like that's the that's the bright side, right? Is like like for yeah. example, what I would call like the whole like explainer video genre was like basically started by Vox, right? Or at least popularized by Vox. Yeah. And there's like cool. that's this whole site that's just like all there to try to explain why and to give context and to not inflame. I mean, it definitely has a perspective. It's definitely skews more sure, liberal. Sure. It appears also to show me, how it's made. Outside. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Those are great. No, but like you know, the fact that you can like go and watch hours of how something made is like weirdly awesome. You know, like <laughs> that's a, so that's, that's a that's meditative nice. show. I mean, if you think about it too, like people are people have like now that you can listen to a podcast, you can there are so many more built-in hours of content consumption. So like yeah. people, you can you can sit and listen to like a symposium on a political issue, or excuse me, like a policy issue, which is something I've done just out of curiosity, like. You can nice. do that, and like yeah. that would be you then, have to like order yeah. that from a think tank ten years ago on like well like fifteen years ago on like a CD, yeah. and then like right, walk right. around or like put it right. in your cars, disc change. I mean, like so that's like really pen. exciting walkman. that you can do that. You know, yeah, the walkman. But um, walkman we, we, is the so, walkman. Not to be we, all ponies and rainbows. Program. I mean, there's bad. There's bad things too. But. Yeah, no, we like no. to uh, we like to take a little break in between things. But I do have one quick question before we do a break. Do you have a sense of in this world where media consumption lands like like wh- do you have any sense of like what percentage of people are still pulling from cable versus pulling from youtube oh versus, that's an after or is the it break an amalgamation thing, I, like. I'm, I don't know that you'd have the exact answer but i'm just curious like where do you think that's at um yeah. i don't have an exact exact answer i've looked that's, this I up to before. Talk about it for sure um i know i can tell you that like it's the network news numbers are shockingly low Okay. Network um, meaning ABC, NBC. That's what we're talking about, right? Yeah, you're not talking Fox, like old Fox school, news. like guy to yeah. desk reading the news. Not that's not on cable. Yeah, I mean, and that's even like morning shows are are they're still like the primary drivers of revenue for a lot of these news uh, organizations. Sure, sure. For lack of a better term, I hope I'm not like saying that wrong, but but mm, they're okay. still well, losing sure. viewers. So like that's yeah. not great, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. like. So that's shockingly low. Cable is, you know, I think that Trump's presidency has has brought a lot of people back to cable news. Dare I say? Interesting. Um, interesting. Yeah. And so that's kind of interesting. I think there's like, you know, especially with crises like the coronavirus thing, like that's mm-hmm. something that like is bringing people back to the kind of more traditional cable news type stuff. For sure. Um, okay. And then, uh, but like a lot of people get their stuff off, you know, obviously off the internet. But then another kind of complicated and interesting factor is then there are certain certain news organizations that are older that have found out how to like leverage. The internet yeah. stuff. So like yeah, you know, Times right. is, is just like it's yeah. just an amazing success story yeah. there. The Wall Street Journal's doing yeah. very well, yeah. from what I understand. Um sure. and so there's this kind of like where like even like five or six years ago you might have just assumed like BuzzFeed was gonna take over, you know, the news game or like yeah. Vice or like that. Yeah. There's a millennial site called Mike that kinda went down in flames. Like that those sites like were posited to kind of be the future of news or those organizations, and it's almost in a weird way. More recently, we've seen like traditional media companies kind of consolidating and acquiring and breaking into the space um, in a way that I think people would not have expected. So that's kind of interesting as well. My my conjecture on that is like I think in a way all of the startup news that was threatening to kill the old like the gray lady and like these kind of classic news organizations in a way is probably um, helped them because it's created a hunger for something legit. You know, like for me as a consumer of news, like the number one thing I want is something that I can trust. And so as a result, yeah, it's like yeah. I default to the classic 
you know, yeah. reputable places, even though there's probably other great sites that have news. I just worry, how do I know if this is legit? The way I, like, I know the New York Times is mostly legit. Well, they're doing their Obviously, work. they yeah. make mistakes and they're stuff. Doing like, if they work. say A right. is A, I believe yeah. that they probably, should, like, ran that down or at least did their best. Exactly. Yeah, right. So right. I've actually Absolutely. narrowed my news consumption has become increasingly narrow to, like, a, sh- a smaller set of places because I'm so, like... I don't feel like I have the time or the maybe even the expertise to necessarily vet out what's legit, what's right. not. You know. Yeah, I yeah. want to read those articles, but I don't subscribe, so I always get blocked out. Uh, oh, yeah. I have a, I have a tip for possibly oh. for the fans. Ooh, and yeah. Yeah. shout out to the fans. And then we'll take a break. Real yeah, tip so before the break. This is this we is a hot tip. Right um, hot tip before the break. Because you know, for tip. so long. You could you know you could just like private browse through all that stuff, and it would yeah. give you the annoying pop up. You're like, whatever, I'm never subscribing. Um, but someone passed this on to me a few days ago. If you go to, you guys know about like the internet archive, that site, it's like Wayback Machine. No. Waybackmachine.com. Yeah. It's like, it's like kind of like an NGO type. Well, not NGO, but it's like a, it's like kind of a low budgety site that basically like crawls the internet and archives everything every day. And it's like really slow and clunky. But if you, if you put any news article link in there, it will have archived, it will have gotten access to an archive, that news article, and then you can read it. So it's yes. a hassle, but if you feel like you really got to find out what that New York Times article says, three days ago. and you don't want to support their journalism <laughs> that they're doing, you, you could just do it that way. That I don't do have tip. a New York Times membership. Just yeah, yeah I, I like to support them too. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that's sure. a that is a cool tip. I will you can't support everyone. You know, there's not enough money in the world, so you know, good, <laughs> good tip. Let's take a little break. Let's take a break. Ponder awesome. that. Ponder that, folks. Bye. Brb. Bye. <laughs>